the enemy uses my busyness or laziness or just not wanting to miss like to, like and to be in the word like god i sometimes think allows that to happen so that when i am in the word it speaks to me in the moment that i absolutely need it and tells me like exactly what i need to hear hey friend you're listening to wandering wild we hope this podcast is an honest and encouraging resource in your walk with the lord Join us as we have real conversations about our time spent in His presence. Welcome to the wilderness. Welcome back to the Wandering Wild podcast. Today's guest is this really awesome woman of God. She feels like a little sister to me, and I'm so excited to have her on the podcast. Today, I have Lydia Summer with me. She is the founder and editor-in-chief of Splendor Magazine. It's a Christian women's magazine. They just released their first issue, and it is so beautiful. They have done such a wonderful job, both with just the visual beauty of it, and then at the same time, all of the content inside of it is just wonderful and life-giving, and I've been super excited to look through it and read it and soak it all in. So welcome, Lydia, to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks. Oh my gosh. Just hearing someone talk about the magazine makes it a little bit more real for me. I was like, I can't believe this is happening. And I kind of <laughs> want to jump up and down and everything, but um, <laughs> I'm trying to rein it in and, and not go a little <laughs> too crazy on you. So. <laughs> I totally know how that feels because when we launched for the first time, it was just like, is this really happening? Are people going to like mm-hmm. use this thing that I made or that yeah. <laughs> me and my team made? And yeah, I totally know yeah. how you feel. It's super exciting. And you guys really have worked hard and done such a good job with it. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Lydia. Okay. So <laughs> I guess the best way to describe me is a wonder luster. Is that if that's what you call it? I don't even know (laughs) if that's the right term, but I grew up as an army brat and I just, you know, moved around quite a bit more than I guess the average person. I was born in Paris, lived in Belgium. um, So in Europe for a total of eight years before we moved to Detroit, because my dad started working for Caterpillar and then led me to Peoria. So (laughs) my whole family has been here. Like my parents have been here for 15 years in Peoria. And honestly, for me, like, because I had that experience of moving and experiencing different cultures and that kind of just ingrained in me. And I really just wanted to get away from Peoria anyway. So like, (laughs) I, I just didn't think like when I was living here back, like, I don't know when, seven years ago or something, um, probably longer than that. I can't even nine years ago. I, uh, I, there was nothing to do for me here. And I felt like I saw everything that Peoria had to offer at that time. And I just wanted to go somewhere warm also. So I moved down to Texas for school. I graduated, uh, in 2016 and did some, uh, work at a nonprofit arts organization. And then, really didn't like my job there. And just, I think another part of what, how I would describe myself is that I just always want to follow God's plan for my life. And I keep, you know, involving him in every big decision of my life and saying, Lord, like, I know you want me to be here for now at this place, but where do you want me to go next? Cause I know there's a next. So the next 
after the nonprofit world was being a missionary. So I did YWAM Youth with a Mission in 2019, and that was one of the best experiences I've ever had. I went to discipleship school in Hawaii, which was beautiful and amazing. Oh, and, and then I did mission work in the Philippines uh, for three months, and that was like that was home to me. I got there and I felt no homesickness or anything like that. And I just automatically clicked there. And I cried when I left because I just like, I couldn't imagine a better place, you know, went back into the working world in 2019, 2020. Yeah. I moved back home for quarantine because of COVID. And in the midst of that, I really was just like struggling and, and wrestling with God and saying, Lord, like, what the heck do you want me to do? Because I have these gifts and I was working at a place where my sister was actually working at. It's a Christian ballet company in Chicago. And she was the lead dancer at that at the time. And I was watching her live out her dreams. I'm like, Lord, like, what about me? You know, I really <laughs> like, I want to use the gifts that you've given me. And I want to do like what you are calling me to do. And uh, so that was a really hard time during quarantine. But thankfully I lost my job and I know that sounds weird, but like, I was like, <laughs> I didn't want to like quit because my parents were like, you need a job in this crisis. Like you can't just leave, but they let me go. And I was very thankful because at that point, like that was when God told me to start Splendor magazine. I really believe he told me to do that. He was just like, start a Christian women's magazine. And, uh, that was not me. I would never have thought about that on my own. <laughs> you know, it just made sense when he told me that. And it, you know, I, I had no idea how to start a magazine, but I always had a love for writing and I always loved encouraging women of the faith. And honestly, Splendor magazine was the perfect way for me to bring those gifts together to do that specifically. And, uh, you know, I serve as the editor in chief and I never really would have thought that I would have been able to do that well because I was sort of good at English, you know, in, in those classes. And that was my highest AP score and everything, but I didn't think I was good at that, but I honestly, like it came more naturally to me than I thought. And so I've been, you know, dreaming and creating Splendor Magazine since last June. And it took a whole year to get to that point whether I should print or not print or do free content or do a digital magazine or whatever, you know, I felt like God honestly just directed each, each decision I made. And I kept telling him, I was like, Lord, it's your dream. Now it's mine. And I kept saying, it's not mine, but now it is. I just like, I'm saying like, Lord, you called me to do it. So you better equip me because I don't know what to do. <laughs> so you better tell me what to do. That's uh, at least wraps up a little bit of my life in five minutes or less. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I just love so real quick, how I got introduced to Lydia. Um, I saw a friend post a Facebook post about this women's magazine that was starting. And I thought to myself, okay, this girl is local to me <laughs> and clearly has a heart for very similar things as me. And so I was like, I'm just gonna step out in faith and send her a <laughs> Facebook message. And so I did. I just randomly sent you a message and said, hey, I love what you're doing. And it yeah. sounds like we have very similar interests. Would you like to meet up for coffee sometime? And so we met for coffee. And yeah, it's been so fun watching yeah. Splendor from the beginning almost not really the very beginning but before Basically it was like yeah <laughs> before it was what it is today which is printed and in our hands yeah. and lovely so it's been yeah. super fun to watch that journey and just even hear echoes of my own in mm -hmm. your story and i think that is such a beautiful thing so 
And honestly, I think that you, whether you know it or not, you were a deciding factor of how, you know, of me doing print, uh, because yes. you were telling me like, I, that I sh- could, I, that I can do it and I shouldn't listen to anybody else. I'm like, you're right. I should just, <laughs> you know, and I wasn't thinking like, I was thinking maybe print would be like a couple of years down the road. But when you were talking to me, I was like, no, this is doable. This is, I can do this. So yes. I don't know, all the wisdom you gave me and advice, like really helped me, especially at that time. And I think that was like the turning point is like, okay, this is real. This is going to be a product that I'm going to, you know, sell to people. And honestly, like when you reached out to me, I was like, Oh, like I I get so excited when I meet new people. And especially like when someone sees me from other posts or anything like that, it's kind of like a reminder that God's saying like, Hey, I see you and you need this person in your life. Cause I definitely needed you in my life. So I'm so glad we got, (laughs) well, I needed you too, friend. Yeah, I just love it. I love, I love communities that can be formed and you know, that has been such a pivotal thing for Wandering Wild is just having someone to hear this dream that God puts inside of us say, Mm -hmm. I see this, it's necessary, it's going to be amazing, Mm -hmm. and it's probably not going to be anything like you are planning right now, but God is going (laughs) to carry it out. And yes, so man, you're just as encouraging to me and... I just love that we get to sit here and have this conversation. Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah, I'm really excited. So we obviously can talk, <laughs> you and <Yeah>. I. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like we've had so many, we've had a few deep conversations about things in our lives. And you know, the podcast is all about just how we've experienced God's presence and mm-hmm just different experiences that God has used in our lives to teach us about ourselves. So mm-hmm. the purpose of this podcast, we didn't just come on here to talk about how yeah. we're friends <laughs> and how we're both doing this like print thing. Um, you have an experience that you want to um, share with us that really led you to examine your heart. So can you talk about that a little bit? Well, I guess, you know, the, what I really want to talk about here is my specific generational sin that I have, and I have noticed, uh, and it's interesting that I think like me being at YWAM with discipleship school and everything like that, they talk a lot about generational sins. And I think that's when I kind of first noticed that I had one of my own and, you know, sometimes other people will think like, like, oh, it could be like alcoholism or abuse or whatever. Mm. Um, and so people think of it as like this really big sin issue, I guess, which I am actually thinking mine is just as bad, but sometimes when people think about it, they don't actually see it as big because it doesn't have sometimes as bad of ramifications as they do with other generational sins. But I definitely, and I still have this, and I'm like, I've been praying even this morning. I was like, Lord, I want to break this off in Jesus name. I don't want it in me. I don't want it for my children or, you know, I want to break this chain off, um, just of, of anger. And, um, you know, I, it's not, it's funny because when people see me or they know me, they don't really think of me as an angry person at all, um, at all, at all. And, uh, I rarely show that side to people, but I think, where the the problem is is that i'm actually angry with people 
with the people I love the most. Mm. And I thought it was just my family. And so, you know, with my family, like I've had a lot of like anger issues because I'm upset or tensions run high because, you know, someone said something wrong or I was very hurt and I lashed out or, you know, my mom and I are very similar and both stubborn. So we butt heads a lot. (laughs) Um, and so, you know, I have been very disrespectful to her a lot of the times. And so, you know, which sucks, you know, it's not, I, that's something that anytime that happens, I kind of like look back on, or anytime I left that situation, I was always like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I that angry? And, uh, at one point, because I felt like I didn't really receive any, uh, apologies because it might not have been my fault, like from the other party, I would have stopped. I stopped apologizing. And I was like, you know, cause we, we, my whole family is this kind of way where like, if we get into an argument, um, sometimes like apologies are necessary, but a lot of times you're like, okay, you're just going to sleep on it and you're going to, uh, wake up and just not address it again. Um, sweep it under the rug. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And my mom and I actually talked about this the other day, uh, funnily enough is that, you know, I told her, I was like, I'm angry with the people I love the most. And she's like, you know what that is. Right. And I said, yes, I know. It's because I know you guys aren't going to leave me. You know, you like, you're, you're going, you have to love me. I'm your family. Like there's absolutely there's nothing that you can really do to change that, you know? Mm. So, so I, I realized that, but like, there was a point in my life too, like before I left for YWAM where I think I started realizing it was an issue because my parents did not want me to do YWAM. They actually tried to like intervene many times to tell me that I shouldn't go or even saying like, oh, if you don't get someone to like sublet your apartment before you leave, then you got to take that as a sign that from God that you shouldn't go. And, uh, thankfully God did like literally four <laughs> days before I left. So I was like, thank you, Jesus. You know, I was like, yes. I was actually starting to cry. I was like, I haven't found anybody. And the, the people who sublet my place were these great Christian people because they were trying to do that. They didn't like, I felt like they didn't trust me or that they didn't believe mm-hmm. that I was a Christian or that I was going to down the wrong path because I was doing this. And I was so, so angry with them, but I didn't really talk to them for a couple months. Like I sort of talked to them, but we kept it light. We didn't talk about things. And then at Wiley, I'm like, I realized like, okay, this is a generational sin and I do need to respect my parents. And I need to ask for forgiveness because I'm not the only kid whose parents didn't want them to go. Like there were a lot <laughs> of people who went regardless of their parents' wishes, you know, I called them up and I apologize and everything. But, um, I think, I mean, that's only like the first layer of it all. You know, mm. it was, I realized that there was a uh, anger, but I also didn't really, you know, I just thought it was with my family and I was really excited about my team because I loved them all, um, in terms of who I went with to the Philippines. And, um, I was basically telling them, I was like, you'll never see me angry because like, I, I love you guys. And I, you know, we get along really well and we don't have any problems and, all that stuff. And I'm really honest with you guys. I'm pretty blunt. And I also was the oldest female there. Um, mm. So I kind of felt like I was a leader of sorts of just like trying to be like the mother hen, which I put on myself, but also they put on me. So I think because I was older, because I was stepping up in some kind of leadership role, I actually found myself angry with them too. And I was like, this is super weird. You know, why, you know, why am I getting angry with these Mm. people whom I love a lot? 
And again, the same reason is like, I had told myself it was because, because I knew that they would still love me. And that was kind of a, an abuse in a sort of ways, so you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it is abuse. Like I'm, I'm lashing out and they have to take it. And they like, I'm saying like, you're never going to leave me, but because I know that they love me back and they'll forgive me, but that's still like abusing that friendship and relationship because I know that they won't, you know, mm. and, uh, that <laughs> even me saying that right now, I'm just like, Ooh, like <laughs> that is not pleasant for me to say or to remember. So, <laughs> um, I get yeah. it. I get it. It's fun when you're talking about generational sins, isn't it? Because it's something that when you look through the generations past, you see this thread And it's often like the thing that you dislike the most. Mm -hmm. And then you see it manifest in yourself. And it's so frustrating. (laughs) It's so frustrating to realize that because of something you experienced, you carry it with you as well. Mm -hmm. And that sounds kind of like a cop out, right? Because, Because I think that it's very easy for us, especially with generational sins, to say, well, my father or my mother was this way. And so Mm -hmm. that's why I am the way that I am. But I look at my kids and I'm like, I don't want them to have the same struggle and say, well, my mom was this way and blame it on me. (laughs) I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on the root of it, because I think that anger specifically, is a very kind of like a symptom more than a root cause Mm -hmm. of what's really going on inside. And so if you could trace that anger to anything, what would you say the root of that anger is? The short answer is that I get angry when I don't have control over a situation. The long answer is I didn't know that at first. And (laughs) again, you know, YWAM was really eye-opening to me in a lot of different ways and drew me closer to the Lord in a way I have not experienced since then or before then, um, a little bit before, but now that I've been back, like, I won't even share all the excuses that I could make up. Um, (laughs) but, uh, you know, it's just, you know, I always remember all those experiences because I think that the Lord knew that that would be a very sweet time for me to be able to experience his presence in a way that I probably, I mean, that I haven't in a while. And I hope to get to that point again. But when I was at YWAM and I was getting angry at my teammates and I was getting frustrated and I was kind of like, asking them to do something and they weren't listening. And, um, I was like, why are you like this? You know, in my mind, I didn't really say that, but I was like lashing out. I was very short tempered and, um, I was finding myself very upset because I'm like, again, I was like, these are people I love. I don't want to treat them like this. Why am I, why am I treating them? Like I do my family. I was at lunch one time with the whole team and I was with them. And I honestly was like, I am so angry right now. I need to go talk to my leader. So I talked to my female leader about a little bit of what I was going through. And the next day we were all supposed to go to a red light district area. And Mm -hmm. I had not gone the first time because it was only a few people. 
And this time, and that's like one of the things I like kind of wish that I did uh, because that's one of the things I'm most uncomfortable with of like going into that red light district area. But my leader's like, you're not going to go. You need to stay and spend time with God and figure out what the root cause of all this is. Mm. And I was like, okay. So I was by myself and we were at this uh, kind of like hotel area that we were staying at. And so I spent some time in an area that was like public, but like nice seating. I just, I remember exactly what it looked like. There was just some couches with a lot of pillows, which I loved. And it was by the pool um, at this hotel place. And it sounds a lot bougier than it actually was. But um, so I was in the word and I don't even remember what I was reading at that time, but it actually, that scripture that I was reading really opened my eyes. And I was like, I believe 100% that the Lord uses scripture. Um, and he, like, even if you haven't been in the word in like a year Mm. that when you get back to it, it usually always speaks into the life situation that you're in now, Um, which is again, very evident of what I read this morning. It was very much in line with like what I, what I was, uh, contemplating and thinking about today. And I was like, Lord, dang, like you, you know what you're doing. Like your word (laughs) speaks life and it's, it's not on accident. Like, or it's not by accident that I am in Ezra right now, like today, but then I was reading it and it was like, wow, I was talking about anger or something like that. And, and I was like reading it and I absorbed it. And I was just praying as like, just waiting on the Lord to speak audibly to me. And I was just like, Lord, like, why am I angry? Why is this happening? And he was like, because you don't have control. And I was like, that was like a knife to the heart almost. I was like, what? Like, I cannot believe that. And it was just as simple as that. Like, and I realized like, oh my goodness, you're totally right. Like anytime I'm angry with my family, it's because I don't have my way or they don't see Mm -hmm. my side, or I'm trying to let them know of what's going on. Or, you know, it's even like control in a conversation. Like I want to say something. If someone interrupts me, I'm mad because you interrupted me and I'm like, <laughs> I want control of my sentence, you know? <laughs> so it's, uh, it was the same way of like, I was able to have kind of like at that moment, a lens looking down on my, my situation of what happened in the past couple of days and be like, that's why I was mm-hmm. angry. It, just looking back on all of my life situations. It is, like I said, that was, that is the root cause of it. And I also am like the second youngest of six children. So uh, I never felt like I had control over anything. And so I think that upset me as well. And, you know, Mm. that no one would listen to me, that they would think of me as a child or, you know, that there was just a lot of like disrespect towards me, even though it really wasn't, but I felt it as it was Mm. uh, disrespect that that kind of bubbled up the anger that I felt. And, uh, it only, like, I think it doesn't happen to those I love or my friends right away. Like they don't see it right away because I have a lot of patience at first, but if my patience <laughs> wears thin, um, then, then, and I like, I know that they won't leave me. Then I, it just breaks at one point, And then I just yell and I'm like, you know, I'm just upset by whatever happens. And, uh, so right now I'm living with my parents again and my brothers and, Anger is still very much a thing for me, but, <laughs> but it's good to know for me, like what that root cause is, because yeah. it helps me realize like, okay, there's a reason why this is happening. It's not just because I am angry. Like yeah. there's something that happens at that root. 
it's interesting because I have gone through phases where that kind of control has presented itself in anger. And more especially with my children and as I've become a mother and just realizing like I'm capable of being really mad over mm-hmm. really silly things. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what's interesting is I, I've learned some things about myself. So this phrase that I learned in the last year was high fear equals high mm-hmm. control. And that really changed the way I thought about my control, my need for control and my than the symptom of anger that would come out of that because mm-hmm. I know I'm a fearful person. I'm terrified about everything. I mean, mm-hmm. like my husband and kids will get in the car to go tonight. They went and got Chick-fil-A for dinner and they get in the car and I'm like, what if they're not strapped in well enough? What if they crash? What? <laughs> like mm-hmm. I am yeah. a fearful person. I'm just a naturally fearful person. Some of that also comes from that generational portion, I would say, of my dad is also a very fearful person. And so he raised me with a lot of tactics when I was a Mm -hmm. child to try and scare me away from doing things that I shouldn't, which I find myself doing with my children all the time. Mm. And I hate it. Mm. (laughs) But it's that high fear that brings about that controlling Um, tendency in me. And I I think that's very interesting when we can know and identify what the root cause is. It's not that it gets better overnight, is it? Right, right. (laughs) But we know where it comes from. And so what I think is really beautiful is that, I mean, you and I could have probably 10 of these areas in our lives, right? Like Mm -hmm. fear and control and anger. And then let's just you know, narrow down the other things of like fear of this or lack Mm -hmm. of trust or Mm -hmm. lack of faith or, and what I think is really beautiful about it though, is that God brings about situations and people at the exact right moment in the same way that the word comes to us at the exact right Mm -hmm. time. These Mm -hmm. circumstances, he orchestrates them. I mean, pretty rarely, maybe, maybe this is just me, but Pretty rarely does he say, okay, we're going to work on your fear, your control, (laughs) and also like your whiny, ungrateful attitude all at the same time. (laughs) Usually he brings up something at the exact right time when he's like, okay, and now this is the one degree that we're going to work on right now. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be perfect, but it's, it's kind of like that timely word. Mm-hmm. That he brings it about in our lives so that it can get changed just one degree and we can look more like him. And I think mm-hmm. that's a really beautiful thing that he does for us. So what do you think was the most difficult thing you had to face when you learned that about yourself? Well, the humility aspect, you know, I I really need to think a lot about what I'm doing but right before, like I know, like if I'm feeling something like anger inside of myself. Like I need to like quickly adjust like, okay, like why am I angry and do all that Mm. stuff? But like, honestly, like the biggest hurdle for me was just the humility aspect. And I think God has just honestly made me a very, like, he's just made me a leader, which is interesting. Cause like, I don't know if it's because I am the second youngest that I wanted to prove myself, that I wanted Mm. to be able to like show like that I can lead. Um, but that's my personality 
Um, I usually take charge a lot on things and, uh, the humility aspect of like, if, when I do like control, I have to say, okay, I'm going to let go and let someone else, you know, you know, take charge because I don't need to be in charge all the time. I don't, it doesn't Mm -hmm. need to be my way or the highway. It needs to be God's way and not mine or anybody else's really. Um, or even to like be humble enough to say like, all right, let's, bring everyone together and come up with the solution that we can all agree on, which I, I think that I have a lot of patience, I think usually, but it's just more patience with the ones I love the most. Mm. That's just hard to do because internally, like my mind wants to say like, they're not, they're never going to leave you. But I've had, I've lost friends because of um, anger turning into jealousy and to, mm. you know, and like me lashing out and thinking like, oh, she's going to be fine because we're going to be friends. We're going to get past it because we've had multiple conversations about this. But, you know, and there was one time actually with a different friend where I cried because I've never told any of my friends this before, but she was getting so upset with me and I was trying to be patient with her and she was trying to like break the rules and all this stuff. And I'll say this, like she was whining a little bit and uh, (laughs) like complaining about things. And I told her to shut up like really loudly. And I was like, and then immediately I started bawling and I was like, Mm. I've never told any of, I've never told anyone to shut up in that way before. Like if I said that to my mom, she would have smacked me upside the head. Like she's (laughs) like, like she would have given me a spanking at the age of 27. Like she would have like, you know, so I'm just like, like I, it's just not, it, that was very much not me. And I think that was like one of the biggest examples of how my anger can turn into something really dangerous if I mm. don't have a check on it, you know, or if I, and that was again, a friendship where I'm like, well, there, she's going to love me anyway. And I ha- like, I apologized to her and I was like, I am so sorry, but there was a strain on our relationship for a while. We're fine now. But for months, like, and that was right before, so it was at YWAM, but it was right before we left. And Mm. so I left thinking like, oh my gosh, like, is she, does she forgive me? Like, and I, I like spoke into her ear. Like we had a a long hug before I left because I was the first to leave um, for my flight. And I was like, I am so, so, so sorry. I hope you can forgive me. I hope we can get past this. But that was honestly one of the, cause she's never heard me talk to her like that. And I think she's heard other people talk her like that and that hurt me even more because that was just like that was just super hard and and realizing there's a lot of things that like pop up that you're even more aware of like when you realize like okay this is a sin issue of mine it Mm. I think it hurts more when you when you fail you know because you're like man I I know I have this problem and I just failed again you know I mean there's grace Mm. in that always but there's still that that moment where you're like "Ah, I wish I did better in that moment it's hard because there's so much grace there from the Lord that he knows right where we're at and he knows, you know, okay, this is going to be a challenge that's going to bring about some change and teach us some good lessons. The hard thing is that other human beings don't always see it that way. And especially in 2021, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like yeah. someone makes a mistake and they, they will be ridiculed for the rest of their life. Right. And we don't have a lot of grace for each other in that. And I think that's something that I've had to learn a ton in my own struggle with anger and things. So when I get really angry, I shut down. Mm. With my kids, I'm more a lash out maybe, but 
when it comes to like close friendships and family relationships, I don't like feeling out of control. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so until I know I'm like at least 98.5% in control of myself, I won't say anything. The problem comes when that other human being in the in the friendship or whatever will say something or ask me about it and I'm not in control or I'm not ready to be in control and then it mm-hmm. like comes out that's yeah. when I struggle. Mm-hmm. And so what's interesting though is that both of those ways are so unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Both shutting down and like cuz I'll ignore and isolate and I'll draw away and I'll um, just clam up yeah. and not, you know, I'm like the friend that won't answer text messages for days on end <laughs> because I'm not in control. Like, right. Yeah. Cause I don't want them to ask me how I felt about when they said this. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, but that's such an unhealthy way to be. And I've lost relationships mm-hmm. on both sides of the equation, both by, opening my mouth too soon when I wasn't in control Mm -hmm. or keeping my mouth closed when I wasn't in control. And therefore like the friendship just kind of crumbles because neither of those things allowed the Lord to be in the center of it to work, to do what he does, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, he gives us grace. And then with that grace, we get to give others grace. And it's so hard. Relationships are so hard, but yeah, I love that you're you're saying that humility piece because ultimately in any sin issue it almost always has to do with this like idol, right? Mm-hmm. Another word for yeah. it could be an idol of like okay, I have this idol of control, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not until we have this right view of ourselves in humility and in relationship in relation to God that mm-hmm. We have a better understanding. I heard a sermon, oh, it was probably a couple of years ago, but I won't ever forget how she asked the question, what idols are you leaving up that your children are going to have to tear down? They're going to have to do the hard work of tearing Whoa. it down. Oh, gosh. And that was so convicting to me because, yeah. because every time I let my, how about this one? Every time I let my anger get, the better of me and I go back to apologize but my apology to my children sounds more like an excuse than a, an apology mm-hmm. <laughs> every time I let that idol stand is another time that later in their life my children are going to have to work to tear down that idol in their own hearts yeah. and in their own lives yeah. and that's really convicting and something I know that you know you don't have any children and you're not married, but you want them. And, and I believe that strongly for you someday. And this is something that I think is a beautiful way that the Lord is showing you ways to break those generational barriers for yourself yeah. and yeah. for the legacy that you will carry on inevitably in other relationships. Yeah, I, I'm praying for that as well. And I think it actually shows too, like, you know, part of the reason why I believe I'm still single is like, first of all, I like super content in it. I've never been more content in being single. Mm -hmm. Um, but I realized like, I don't want to have that anger in me when I'm in a relationship because Mm -hmm. that can affect, um, 
like it might be fine, but then marriage comes and then, you know, you get to know each other and you, you'll probably still have some angry moments, but in the kind of anger that I have, like I, it, it settles and it builds and, you know, it's kind of like your feelings are all in a bottle and then a burst open, um, mm. in a, a way that is more abusive than, than anything. And so I, I think that I used to have an idol of wanting to be in a relationship and mm. that is no longer in my life. And I think that, you know, the same way with any idol or any sin issue is like, how did I overcome that first one? It was by dedicating myself to, um, like I was single on purpose for a year, even though I've been single, like my whole life, but that whole year was like intent on wanting to be closer to the Lord and be in the word more and be more disciplined. And I think it comes from discipline, like saying and, and controlling your thoughts. So again, this morning I was frustrated about a past situation and it sounded like I was angry. And I was like, I was kind of angry with this person for what had happened that I was relaying to my parents. And then I was walking my dog and I was like, well, I just didn't, you know, like that was a little bit of anger right there. And I didn't enjoy that. And I, you know, I, I prayed and I read Ezra this morning and it was uh, talking about fasting and humility and just reminded me about this morning and uh, of how I was like, Lord, like, I don't want sin in my life. I want to break it off. Mm. And I think it's being disciplined and like having that prayer be a constant daily thing saying, Lord, like, please remove this from my, you know, because I believe that people with addictions, it's the same thing. Like you have to go through this process of saying no to the sin and saying yes to God, replacing that with something better, Mm. something that is holy and of him. And so instead of anger, I want peace. Instead of anger, I want joy um, Mm. or patience and love, like all the fruits of the spirit. And I believe that God can do that because why would I be praying about this all these years? And, you know, so that's what I want to be able to share with people that have any kind of like, you know, sin struggle that first of all, we need community as well. And you need to talk about it with people and you need to do that. But, and if you have that accountability, then you're not just doing it by yourself. You're not alone in that. Um, but it's, you know, working that muscle and saying like, I am choosing not to be angry, Mm. um, just in the same way of like, I am choosing not to do X, Y, Z. You know, what is just like really encouraging to me right now is that both you and I are sitting here admitting we have these struggles. This Mm -hmm. is not something that like we're coming on here saying this is cured in me and here's how to do it. But, (laughs) But we can sit here and we can say, me too. Like I'm, I sin and I struggle and the Lord is helping me in that. And I think that's so much more encouraging than if we were sitting here as these whole like sinless beings telling everyone else (laughs) how good we were because, because there's no, there's so much hope to be found when you know that someone else is going through the same thing. And I think that's something that's super important about that community piece too, is that number one, you can surround yourself with people who struggle similarly and, you know, not throw Mm. this giant pity party, (laughs) but like encourage and build one another up. Right, yeah. And then you can also surround yourself with people who don't have that same struggle, but can see it in you and can give you accountability and can encourage you in that. And I just, I just think that is such a beautiful thing when we have a community around us and we, you know, we have those people, those safe people who we know 
Okay, so I'm totally this kind of friend. I actually have a friend who she sent me a message one day and was like, hey, I listened to this sermon. And he was like, surround yourself by people that are going to call you out. And I thought of you immediately. <laughs> and I was Amen. Like, I'm the same way. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but thank you. <laughs> yes. I, you know, it's, I, I see it as a compliment because I'm just a very blunt person. And I think actually some of my best friendships are when I can be completely honest with them yes. and they can be completely honest with me. And, and I think because we're so open and honest, like I've never been angry with uh, one of my best friends who we have that kind of relationship with because we're so open and honest and we receive everything in love and we know that we love each other. We're just trying yes. to edify each other to be more like Christ. Like even recently I totally called her out and how she like, <laughs> likes to run away from things. And she's like, I know, like, thank you, Lydia, for like telling me. I was like, always. Yes. <laughs> so, so I think it's a compliment for sure. It is. And I have a friend that, man, she knows. She knows when it's going to hurt and she knows when it's mm-hmm. like, but when it's pivotal or like just totally necessary. And she'll yeah. she'll say, you're not going to like this, but I'm going to say it anyways, mm-hmm. because I love you. Mm-hmm. And I would take 10 of those friends over anyone who would just feed me lies because that's not real. Yeah. And I and I thrive on that genuine relationship. So it's definitely yeah. a, a gift. I have a funny story about this, actually. So a couple <laughs> years ago, we went and visited my sister-in-law. And she lives in California. Callie, if you're listening to this, I just... <laughs> This is funny to me. So I am totally the kind of person that wants people to tell me when there's an issue or like when when there's a problem because I want to yeah. know because I want to fix it. And part of that is probably likely that control yeah. factor. Mm-hmm. But we had the opportunity to ride in a car together, just the two of us. And we were just having this heart to heart conversation. And I was sharing this about my personality just like, if someone has a problem with me, I really want them to tell me so I can fix it. And she was like, well, since you mentioned it, I've been hanging on to these things for so many years. <laughs> and in the moment, I was like, I didn't mean now. But but honestly, like, going deep in that way was just what we needed. And it mm-hmm. deepened our friendship and our relationship yeah. in that point. And I always kind of chuckle thinking through that, though, of like wait a second, maybe I should put, like, boundaries on it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like set aside a specific time, not yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, no, I, I love my sister-in-law, and I really value that friendship. And so it's just... That's amazing. Those relationships are so key. Yeah. And if you think about it, that's exactly what Jesus did. Like, he mm. literally called people out on their sin, and yet we see just how their response was actually to draw nearer to him instead of away yes. because they, they knew that about themselves or maybe they didn't, but they, you know, I always think about like the woman at the well, like she was like <laughs> that if, if, if someone would have, would have like called me out on my crap, you know, I think I would have probably not had the reaction to her of like, who are you? And like saying like, Oh, that was the Messiah. And then coming to know Jesus, like that, that was like a moment where like he, he knew all about her life and that actually saved her Mm -hmm. being called out in her sin. I think that that's actually something that we can all 
maybe learn from is just Mm. saying like, it's better to be honest, you know, call them out in love because I believe Jesus was blunt, but also did it in love in order that they can see like their need for a savior. And it's the same with me and you, like we need a savior and we need to be called out on our sin issues with anger and everything else, like the lack of control and our fear, because if we're blind to it, then we're never going to be saved from it. So it also makes me think of how Jesus embodied just the the right way that God intended us to live. I think of the verse in Proverbs, faithful are the wounds of a friend. It just makes me think of that. Like he embodied mm. that. He embodied yeah. the, you know, the friend piece. And also like, yeah. he wasn't shy about yeah. telling you what, what was right and what was wrong. And yeah. that is a quality that is really hard to find in a friendship. Um, but when you find yeah. it, man, it's worth it. Yeah, for sure. Throughout this experience of just like walking this out with the Lord, how have you experienced His presence in the midst of it? I really think back of like when He actually called me out on it at the first moment of like where what the root cause of it all was. It was kind of at that moment where I was like, I really understood what His grace meant because I'm like, man, I've been acting like such a fool and you know in in part like the whole control thing again is like we're trying to be like god where we're saying like we know what's best like we're trying to do what we think is right but really the lord knows what's best and knows mm-hmm. what's right and has a plan that's never going to look at like how we want it to <laughs> my whole life basically is like my like 10 years ago five Two years ago, I would never have expected my life to look like it is now. Mm-hmm. I would never have expected to, you know, work at a coffee shop while also starting a business. And I think like how I experienced God's presence is, you know, in the midst of this is that, especially when I'm in his word, I really actually like, I'm like, oh man, Lord, you are so good. And I feel that goodness surrounding me. Cause I'm like, I know that like you've extended me mercy every single day and um mm. oh gosh like I'm getting emotional and I'm not gonna cry because I always hold it in um <laughs> when I'm about to um but honestly I, I think so much about how he's called me his child and his daughter mm. and that I am adopted into his kingdom and anytime I remember that which is honestly like if you look in my journal it's like man Lord you are so good like thank you like so mm. much for for calling me your, like your child and your own and for loving me and thank you for being faithful. And I think like how I experienced his presence in that moment is just with all of this is really his word, like just speaking to me when I need it every time. And, you know, you and I did a live video thing on Instagram mm-hmm. and you asked me what my, my life in the word was like, and it was not very, you know, present at that time. And it's, is better a little bit now, but it's still a little bit like that. But it's, again, it shows like, you know, God is listening to me. He sees my situation and he wants to use the word at the right time. Mm. And so, you know, even though the enemy uses my busyness or laziness or just not wanting to-ness, like, <laughs> to ness, yeah. like, and to be in the word, like really like God, I sometimes think allows that to happen so that when I am in the word, it speaks to me in the moment that I absolutely need it and mm. tells me like exactly what I need to hear or 
you know, and I, my, my Bible is like right behind my iPad where, you know, we're having the zoom meeting and it's open to Ezra and, you know, and Ezra, like, it's just like all these, my little notes. And I'm like, praise God. Like, you know, it's like, thank you, Lord, for like sharing this to me. And just like the little notes that I've written is just like, that's how he reveals himself to me more Mm. is like through his scripture and how he shows up. He's so gracious to remind me that I want to give up anger. He always puts in situations where he's like, Hey Lydia, like, don't forget, like, you don't want this in your life. So (laughs) allow me to speak in your life and allow me to help you in this. And, and he just reminds me about that. And I'm so grateful because again, like those thoughts that happen, I, I would probably like stick in my sin because sometimes it's just easier. Um, even though really it's not like, it's really hard and the aftermath, you know, I really believe that that's God like saying like, Hey, like, don't forget that you want to get rid of this. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) So how would you encourage anyone who's listening today with, you know, their own sin struggles and how to address them and how to be encouraged in that? Yeah. Okay. So this one, I might actually cry because this is one of the things that I've seen so many people in terms of like, they have had their own, like, it doesn't even matter how small or big, like I'm putting in quotation marks because it really like, it doesn't matter what, how small you think a sin is or how big you think it is. It can still lead you away from the Lord. Mm -hmm. If you allow yourself to keep in it, And Mm. if you allow that to be your God over, over the almighty God and our creator, like I've seen how anger can allow a person's heart to change or greed and how, like, you know, it says God mentions all these different people that won't enter the kingdom of heaven. And I think it has more to do with the heart issue than it has to do with those sins specifically, because, Mm. you know, it really like you being succumbed to the sin can change your heart in a way that is hardened to God. Mm-hmm. And so for those who are struggling with anything, regardless of what it is, and I know that we talked about anger, but there are some people who are dealing with something that, you know, is maybe a true addiction or something that they can't let go of. It's like, please, please, please tell someone. Like I, I have told many of my friends who, who struggle, I was like, please reach out to me if you're struggling or I actually begged one of my friends the other week. I was like, please don't let this situation lead you away from God. And I mm. like basically told that person, I was like, it would absolutely break my heart if you fell away from God because you didn't, you couldn't see God's goodness. But I think a lot of it to do is that they're keeping it, a lot of the hurt that they're feeling inside and they're not mm. sharing it. So they, they have misconceptions thinking like, oh, my community doesn't care because they're not reaching out to me or God doesn't care because my life sucks right now or anything like that. And I'm like a lot of like, and I had a difference in issue in my past like a long time ago where I was, I was stuck in that sin for 10 years. And I actually like, I didn't tell anybody that. And I was feeling very like, you know, guilty and shame and all of that stuff. Mm. But the moment that I brought it into the light and shared it with a group of, of women, I like honestly had so much relief. A burden was lifted off my shoulder. I've told people like I was on cloud nine for two weeks. So say something, yeah. <laughs> don't say nothing because the enemy really wants to prevent you from sharing about it. And I promise you 
that more often than not, people are not going to be surprised by what you're struggling with unless like they live in a bubble, you know, <laughs> they, um, which is but, no one. <laughs> yeah. I know. Like there's, I mean, especially the older we get, like the less shocked we are by the world, especially mm. right now. And nothing you will say will, will change the fact that you're loved by God, that there's a community, hopefully for you that wants to yeah. help build you up. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I think about when I think of just bringing things into the light is what someone encouraged me with once about how there's this level that we have to have of naivety to think that we can handle what we're going through. And that humility piece comes back again when we have to realize that we are not capable of bearing the weight of that. And we're not meant to, we weren't created to bear the weight of the sin. It's just a product of a fallen world. And what's beautiful is that Christ came and he showed us a better way. Yeah. And that way was being light and taking things Mm -hmm. to the light. I think of the woman at the well, when he, he called out every sin and Mm -hmm. he just knew it. And that, that example alone gives us that hope that he already knows it anyway. And so, exactly. and it's him, it's his opinion, it's his salvation that matters, not the thoughts of man or others around us. And so bringing it into the light is just the best place for it to be. I also think of, um, I used to be a nanny before I got married Mm. and had kids. And I worked for this nanny family for two years And she was a neuro-ophthalmologist. And one time I got a piece of rust in my eye. I am notorious for getting things (laughs) in my eyeballs. It is insane. And so somehow I get this piece of rust in my eye. And I remember like talking to her and she had a friend who got me in and all of this stuff. But she was, she said this thing to me and I thought, that this is actually like really deep and amazing. She was like, <laughs> this is how like the the direction of cells go is to push things out. And so like over time, my body would naturally push it out anyways. Mm-hmm. But that was like the movement of cells is to, is to push mm-hmm. foreign things out. And I, I thought of that and I just was like, this is how you were created. Things yeah. were meant to come into the light. Things were not meant yeah. to be buried deep inside of us and to fester. And and I did need help getting that piece of rust out of my eye (laughs) so that it didn't like make me go blind. But like that, that is the direction of, of cells and how our body was created just speaks Mm -hmm. to how he made us to need to, to bring things out of the light um, so that they don't fester. And right. And if we don't, he's going to find a way for it to happen anyway. You know, like that's how he created us. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this has just been super encouraging to me. I mean, I said it before we started recording that I knew this conversation was going to be really (laughs) convicting to me as well. And, but ultimately, I hope that our listeners will just walk away from this feeling so encouraged and empowered that the Lord sees who you are, who he created you to be and loves you so much that he, he made these 
beautiful ways for us to bring these sins, this brokenness into the light so that we can be healed and we can be whole and we can grow one degree to the Mm -hmm. next. And Lydia, thank you so much for sharing that. I just, Mm -hmm. like, I just really value your honesty and your genuineness. And it's so encouraging to even my own faith. So I really appreciate it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Talking about this is like food for my soul. Like I honestly, <laughs> like I, I could talk about hard stuff like this all the time because it's it's so needed. And yes. I think, you know, we could all learn a little bit of just being a little too honest sometimes. Yes. <laughs> so. so true. Well, I always ask my guest to pray over our listeners as we close out. Would you do that? Yes, I would love to. <laughs> Thank you. <sighs> Lord Jesus, this conversation happened at the right time and needed to be talked about and recorded so that our uh, listeners could listen in and and hear this message specifically. Maybe there's someone who's dealing with anger or um, they they relate to both Amelia and I in that area, um, or maybe they're dealing with something else, Lord Jesus. I just pray that in this moment um, that they would listen to this prayer and know that they are seen and loved by you and that there is nothing too big that or too ugly or too awful that you won't see and that you won't uh, help bring into the light to be able to, to bring them closer to you, Lord Jesus, or that you can't restore. I believe that there's someone listening here that feels as though that they are not good enough because of their sin issue or because of maybe the generational sin as we talked about, Lord Jesus. But um, I want to banish that lie in Jesus' name from that mm. person's thoughts yes, um, and know that they are already loved so deeply by you, that you love them so much, that you love the whole world so much, that you died on the cross for their sins, that you were meant to to bear the sins and that we are mm. not meant to because you have uh, you've had that plan all along to be able to carry and shoulder our sins so that so that we didn't have to feel that burden and weight. So in this moment, for anyone who is feeling that, Lord, I just pray that you would allow someone to come into their lives, um, that they would maybe bold enough and brave enough to bring it into the light. They would just draw nearer to you instead of further away um, in this moment, maybe that they've been feeling that they have been, Lord Jesus. But we just pray that you would bring it into the light and that they would be able to know that that they are able to conquer it in Jesus' name because through you, nothing is impossible. And so we we love these listeners. We are so thankful for this conversation. We're so thankful for you and we praise you and glorify you. And we just, we believe that there is good to come from this conversation. And we pray that any generational sins will be broken off in the name of Jesus and that that people would even be cognizant to know um, that you would actually show them the areas in their life that might be a generational sin that they would not want to bring into the next generation. Or if they're, they are families and they are a mother or a father or anything like that, that they would, they would help to, to stop that now, even with their own children and, and prevent it from happening in their next generation of children. So we love you and praise you and give you all the glory in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here, Lydia. It's been so encouraging. So at the end of every episode, I get the opportunity to share with you about my own quiet time and places in the Word that I've been wandering. And today I'd like to share out of 2 Corinthians 3, verses 17 and 18. And they say, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 
And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The most encouraging thing to me about these verses, and they're verses that I come back to time and time again, is this transformation. One degree of glory to another is the responsibility of the Spirit that is inside of me, that Christ Himself has given to reside inside of me. What an amazing gift that is. Honestly, I do have controlling tendencies. I like for people to tell me what they think is wrong with me so I can fix it and make it better because I am a perfectionist and would love to be perfect. But when I read this scripture, it takes away all of the burden and all of the tension of just knowing that that one degree of glory to another, that transformation into his image is not my responsibility. It's a result of beholding his glory. And I can only behold that glory because of the spirit that he has given me. I can only enter into his presence because of the work Christ did on the cross to put his very spirit inside of me so that I can be in the very presence of God himself. And I'm sitting here and I've got goosebumps just thinking about it again. And and I do, I come back to these verses all the time because I know that I am a human being who is imperfect and is going to fail. And I struggle with sin and I struggle with anger and I struggle with envy and I struggle with selfishness. I, any number of things. There's so many things that we struggle with, but one degree of glory to another and Can I just say, this verse is really encouraging to me as well, because that one degree of glory to another tells me that it's not going to happen all at once. And it doesn't have to. And God knows that. And, And He's very intentional about that. And so I hope that as you've listened to this episode today, you've been encouraged by our conversation. You've been um, encouraged by the word that was spoken over you, the prayer that was prayed over you. We just want to encourage you that God loves you so much that He sent His Son to die for you, to give you His very Spirit so that you could be in His presence. And that's all we hope to do at Wandering Wild is encourage you to be in His presence every single day, whatever that looks like. Not a to-do, not a task to check off of your to-do list, but a relational God inviting you into His presence. That's all He longs for, and that's all we hope to encourage you. So thank you so much for listening. We're so glad you're here. We're just really thankful for every single one of you, and we hope that you'll join us next time. Thanks. We'll see you soon.